You're listening to the K-pop cast. We are a K-pop podcast. Talk about everything in K-pop from latest releases, deep dives, and uh, what you should listen to in yeah. K-pop. And I am DJ Peter Lowe, a K-pop DJ, and I'm joined by my recurring show host, Supermatic. What's up, everybody? You're a local K-pop b-boy, Supermatic, in the building. How y'all doing? Supermatic, what do we have on the show for today? Well, we are actually trying out a brand new format today. We're going to be throwing out some top picks, and then after that, we'll be looking deeply into the new release from Pristin with their wee-wee-wee-woo. <laughs> The reason why we're doing this top pick section is because we often hear so much great stuff in K-pop, and it's a mm-hmm. chance to dive into something, you know, that may be uh, indie, you know, something that you don't always get to hear at the top of the charts, but it's still worth listening to, and you know, warrants the introduction. So I picked Lucy's B Day, mm. and I just love this song. It's like it's not doing well at all <laughs> in terms of views, at least with international fans, as far as I can tell. I think on YouTube it only had like 20,000 views. Oh, wow. So it's not charting, mm. but it's a grooving song. It's sort of like the, the deep house variety. If you like London Noise, and you know, we talked earlier about their song, the hair porn commercial song, the Pantene one. Oh, yeah. If you kind of like that sort of style, or maybe Chinese view mm. this is right up that alley in terms of what one would expect for a sort of deep house sound in k-pop and lucy delivers and i'm there's a fun sort of dark eerie morbid sense of happy birthday (laughs) and i'm not sure what that's supposed to mean there's a bunch of wabbits throughout (laughs) the series but it's it's broken up by a nice rap from kiss sun if i'm pronouncing her name right Mm -hmm. and overall it deviates away from the agio look that one would get in a lot of k-pop and it goes into something that i found myself dancing to when Ooh. I was, you know, <laughs> listening to the song. Get so that's that my on. top pick for this week. It's B-Day's Lucy. Yeah, so my top pick isn't really so much indie as it is pretty popular, but uh, nonetheless, it is the gentleman of Monster X with their latest comeback, Beautiful. And, of course, pun intended, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The way that they compose it is nice. Uh, the choreography, which Monster X has always definitely been a uh, strong suitors for, it's really, really dope. It's a fun dance, and the. The way they came out style-wise for this song is on point. I mean, I, I, I don't mean to start a fan war, but because I, I mean this complimentary, but I feel like this is Monster X's uh, Blood, Sweat, Tears opus. <laughs> yeah, I can I can s- sort of see that. Yep. What do you think they were trying to say with all the money? Oh, <laughs> that they're coming to win? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, come on. <clears throat> mom babies out there, and I'm, I'm a mom baby too. Let's get these boys their first win, finally. Let the, let their producer give them cell phones. <laughs> Yeah, when I listened to Monster X is Beautiful, I think mm-hmm. my maybe my critique to it was that, well, it we know Monster X for 
producing those slamming bangers, yeah. right? The songs that are going to be those EDM big drops, those mm-hmm. big EDM hits. And this one, it was really busy in the middle to high frequencies, and then there was a kick throughout. Oh, yeah. But that kick mm-hmm. felt so soft mm-hmm. to me. And I was like, why did they take it? It sounded like they deliberately took out the bass from the kick drum ah. throughout. And that, I think for me, prevented it from becoming a topic for me. Even though I love Monster X, I play their songs all the freaking time <laughs> yep. in yes, my DJ do. sets. And just in this case, it just felt a little too busy. Mm. I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I couldn't understand. I think one thing that could be attributed to is that they did say they were experimenting with something slightly different, but they didn't want to take too much away from the signature Monster X sound. So yeah. that's probably exactly what you described. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, well, was that it for Monster X? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, then definitely give the song a listen and check out the video. Both are enjoyable experiences. Yep. So my second top pick for this week was Moon Hyena's Cricket Song. Mm. Moon Hyena is not the Hyena <laughs> who we recently saw in San yes. Francisco, but rather the Hyena from Nine Muses. Oh. And her Cricket Song, it's like one of those, just listening to it, was like an ASMR video in terms mm. of, you, do you know what ASMR is? Uh, I've seen the term and I kind of have a rough idea of what it means, but I don't know exactly what it, it stands for. It's kind of like this feeling of having like goosebumps like on your head. Oh. You know, it's like this really soothing feeling. And I kind of owe it to a lot of, you know, professional musicians. They may take critique, gripe with this, but she has a really breathy way of singing. Mm. And, you know, some people could say, well, that makes it a little less, you know, technically good (laughs) because she's not belting her voice as much. But just for a listener perspective, it's like, ooh, that's really soothing. And the way she pronounces cricket or the cricket noises is like, click, click, click. <laughs> I can't I can't recreate it. Uh. But if you guys are looking for something to maybe like listen to on the long drive home or something to go to sleep to, Moon Hyena's Cricket Song is great. And she also did a acoustic version of it. And that I think is also really nice stripped down, presented in a different way. In a way that she also produces another fabulous ASMR video <laughs> that you can listen to for that acoustic cricket sound. Alright, so who is your second topic, Supermatic? Alright, so my second topic, it dropped, I believe, on Friday last week, and at first upon listening and watching the music video, I was like, it's cool, but I'm not sure how I feel about it. Then I kept on listening to the song, and voila, here it is as my second pick. Shout out to all the K-poopers out there. K-poopers! It's BGA with Who's It Gonna Be. There's only one way to figure out who the leader is. How? We make a song with everybody in it, equally, and we just see what happens. Okay, but what's the song gonna be about? Exactly what we've been talking about this whole time. Who's it gonna be? Oh my god, that better not be the name of the song. That is so cheesy! Oh man. 
if you were a poor victim of my Twitter feed, like I was <laughs> tweeting everything about BGA because yes, I was, <laughs> I loved that that comeback. I think there's probably some clash or tension in the K-pop fan community in terms of those who view it as a more legitimate K-pop group, and perhaps some that don't. They view it kind of more like mostly parody. Well, it's don't get me wrong. It's definitely parody, well, yeah. right? Like you ask <laughs> any of the members of BGA and they, they would say that it's parody. But mm-hmm. I think what's just kind of fun about BGA as a whole is that we're using a K-pop lens to analyze them. Yeah. And listen to them. <laughs> we got fair line distribution. Yeah, they did. This time. <laughs> so it wasn't just Niga Higa mm-hmm. the, the whole time. Or Niga Higa. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do have to shout out the guys of BGA for, and like even uh, going back to their first debut hit, which was Dong Sai A Day, for those not in the know. For those who didn't already speak Korean and didn't even really know a lick of Korean, credits to them for learning the language and learning the words so they could actually sing for the vocals on the songs. Seriously, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Dong Sai A Day was a great debut, even though, again, BGA is a parody group, but that was a great debut. And I feel like Who's It Gonna Be was a good follow-up for them. Yeah, we've seen Koreans react to BGA, mm-hmm. right? And the way they react to it, it's like, okay, <laughs> this is something. BGA isn't a group for the Korean audience. Yeah. BGA, I think, is really for the Asian American mm-hmm. experience and the Asian American, or just the American K pop fan experience. Yeah. I not necessarily Asian, just American K pop fan experience. And it's sort of satirizing, you know, the, the, sort of trends and movements that we see within it. Yeah. <laughs> what I love about the video is that they follow all the tropes yeah, that they one do. would get in like a K-drama <laughs> mm-hmm. or in a K-pop thing and they have fan service. Yep. Pro tip, guys, if you're going to re- rewatch the BGA music video, turn on the subtitles because they've got a lot of hidden jokes. Yeah, they do. <laughs> in there. And it also, it touches a lot too. Like it kind of satirizes the K-pop industry itself. I mean, there's the whole issue of June who's kind of singled out. Like the other members call him the least popular and then the talent agency and the manager ends up wanting to sign only him to a solo contract, make him the star. So it touches upon that whole contract issue and like which member of a group breaks out. Like it's just, it's a fun watch, especially for those uh, those of us K-pop fans who understand or kind of get the whole idea of what it is that they're satirizing. So, yeah, a lot of fun with that, too. I I think BGA just brings healthy laughs and discussion to K-pop. Absolutely. And And, and that I I gotta applaud. Yeah, I mean, if anything, that's the whole point of, like, music and music videos and things like this and what guys like Niga Higa and the rest of them do. It's it's meant to be fun and for us as fans to enjoy. So, (laughs) yeah. All right, well, I think that was it for BGA. Unless you had any further comments. Ah, just if you haven't (laughs) given it a listen yet, then... Just check it out. Who's it going to be? Yeah, they were number one on iTunes. Yes, they were. (laughs) That's a sign for success. Yep. Who's going to break out? Leave the rest to bleed. Okay, so we're going to take a deeper dive now into the song we'd like to spotlight. Mm-hmm. Probably the song that we'll market in this particular episode. But it's none other than Priston. <laughs> You know, you know. Thus far on the K-pop cast, we've honed our vocabulary for egg yolk. Yes, right? we have. So we've mm. heard uh, tang tang tang. Mm-hmm. We've heard 
Byung, byung. A, a number of other different, like, egyo words, right? Yes. But Priston adds new vocabulary. I think yes, now we do. can add, like, a few others, like, wee 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 or byung. Like, the popping sound. I can't even pronounce how they pop in. And boo-boo. Yep. And then even just the way that they say certain lines in English, such as the, you're my superhero. Yeah. I mean, this was pretty heavy Aikyo release. Yes. If you haven't already heard yet, the breaking news is uh, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U. At least <laughs> what I thought was so funny is that in the music side scroller, right? Like in the CNN, mm-hmm. like news scroller, it said like, breaking news, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U. I just, I love that. How it's literally nothing but just those two words. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Not that an Aegyo group should. What did you think of the music production of the song, Supermatic? Uh, admittedly, it was uh, pretty good to my taste. I mean, there's a nice balance between at, like things that you would hear that at first they seem irrelevant. I mean, yeah. you hear things like police sirens, yep. you've got bass lines that are pretty groovy, and then the interesting effects that they have on some of the vocals, like uh, one thing that you and I both noticed and spotlighted, that telephone effect they had on the, at the beginning the when the member sings lyric. like, Anya. Yeah. Like it was, it was interesting, but when I gave the song a few more listens and I paid attention to how those sounds came together, right. it was nice. Yeah, I think maybe some fans who aren't receiving the song very well, they would say, oh, they're putting way too much stuff on the vocals. Mm-hmm. As you discussed, Matt, like there's a lot of different sounds in this music video that would seemingly contradict or clash with each other but overall like i f- think it fills like the spectrum between the lower frequencies the middle frequencies and the high frequency sounds in a mm-hmm. way that kind of fills out that entire spectrum i think with other k-pop groups like maybe a pink or uh g friend it tends to be all in the middle high mm. frequency to complement the you know the pop light vocals And it it makes it very, you know, vanilla, very light, stripped down. But this, you know, it had a really deeper, groovy bass. Yeah. And uh, I I just love the way the the guitar chords complement it and the harmony filling the the more uh, mid-low section. So, yeah, I thought it came together really well. It kind of almost reminded me of uh, Gugudan's A... um, what was their last single? Oh, a girl like me. A girl like me. Yeah. Yes. In I terms of that. just how they filled it out, you know, filled out that something they had really mm-hmm. good mix of lows and highs. Funny you should mention that because Gugadun and now uh, Pristin, both groups featuring former members of IOI. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, who's that member that uh, that's in uh, Pristin's group? Uh, there's two of them actually. There's Neong, who's the leader, and then there's also well, when she was in IOI, she was known as Pinky, and then later on Ji Kwong. But now, I guess with Pristin, her stage name is Kyokung. So, uh-huh. and what do people know her for? Pretty much her visuals, her looks. Like she's yeah. deemed one of the prettiest visuals in K-pop, not just within the group of Pristin, but just in all of K-pop. She's in one of all the, of K-pop. She's guys. one of the top of visuals. <laughs> Yeah, sort of like Aegyo, mm-hmm. right? And that that seems to be the strong, predominant flavor for the group overall. In the past, we've said Aegyo feels so commodity, but I'm beginning to feel like Aegyo has different flavors, Ooh. right? I mean, like, if you had to say, like, what flavor of Aegyo Pristin is, what would you ca- characterize it as? Hmm. You know, that's actually a tough one, <laughs> now that I think about it. Like, I'm not really sure how I would categorize it, because... It's interesting you pose that question because I feel yeah. like when you go back and you think about other Aegyo concepts that we've reviewed, Twice, G-Friend, various uh-huh. other girl groups, 
we've been able to kind of hone in and strike and identify what their flavor is. But yeah. with Prison, I'm not quite sure yet, especially considering this is their debut track. So, yeah. I well, mean, any ideas? Well, I think the reason why maybe it might be so hard for you to come up with like, oh, well, what sort of like subgenre of Ego this is, is that, well, they're different girls, right? Very different personalities. And that's what you should do with a debut single or a mm. debut launch right like you've got to show the different personalities of the group make it you know you have some light uniformity in terms of the theme that they're kind of filling out i see it as basically being uh high school clicks or uh, stereotypes yeah. for each of the members that's right i i mean i could be off on that but that's kind of <laughs> what i was taking away from it and that you've got you're an athlete. You're the person who works out all the time. You have the popular girl, the queen. She even has the words queen yeah, on her hat. Yeah, she does. <laughs> um, you have the stoic introvert. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you've got the art one. You've got the edgy one <laughs> or the emo one. Yeah. I mean, name your stereotype for your high school. But that, that seemed to be what they were each trying to represent in each of the 10, ten right. girls for this group. And that's a lot of girls for to debut in one group yeah i mean we've talked uh, ourselves here on the k-podcast before like when it comes to girl groups especially like not just yeah. within a k-pop group but for girl groups is like how many members is too little versus how many is too much like what exactly is the amount and i don't know if we've talked about this before specifically but i know i've talked about this with other k-pop fans both in real life and online uh-huh. and a lot of the consensus seems to be that somewhere between seven to nine is an okay number anything above yeah. nine seems to be pushing it a little so do you think they they pushed it a little too much with well, this group? i mean i don't know there are some other groups who may be like at that 10 or more mark i mean you look at cosmic girls who recently went from 12 to 13 with the addition of yunjung another Mm -hmm. former member of ioi yeah but they seem to be doing fairly well on their own so i guess it really just comes down to how the group themselves perform as well as the production of their songs and what they're given and how well they do with what they're given so yeah i mean my feeling is that look each of these girls are talented they're each Mm -hmm. doing a very good job and quite frankly i think the label did pretty close to the best they possibly could yeah. in terms of spotlighting 10 separate girls <laughs> in one song. But there were times where I felt like, for example, they're in the school hall, right? Mm-hmm. With all the lockers and the sirens. And <laughs> you see the stoic girl in the back and she continues to stay in the back and she gets pushed further and further into the back. Uh, right? Such that there are too many other girls where she no longer becomes visible. Yeah. And that's just the reality that you have to work with. Like, you only have a finite, finite amount of space in a camera frame and also a finite amount of space in the lyrics in a song. Yeah. So it becomes harder and harder. And again, each of these girls, they, they do great. They they are all talented. Mm-hmm. But if the label had to redo it, I might suggest going with three fewer. So cutting it down from 10 to seven? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that way I feel like you can play at the personalities of each of these different girls just a little bit more. Yeah. And I don't mean to pick any one of those 10, right? That shouldn't be in this group. I'm I'm just saying as a whole, Mm -hmm. maybe it could be 
better as a unit with fewer members. Yeah. I mean, time will tell. Maybe we'll be wrong about this. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I remember when Girls' Generation came out, I'm like, there's nine of them? Yeah. <laughs> like, nine was just straight out unheard of back then. But it worked. Yep. All right. Well, time will tell. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is an Ego release. Matt, I'd like to uh, make a confession. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come out of the closet, guys. Oh? And say that I think I like Ego. Oh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Peter liking Eggo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in the past, you know, my wife, she always makes fun of me, like, mm-hmm. gee, Peter, for really hating Eggo, you watch a lot of Eggo K pop <laughs> music videos. Gives me, gives me that skeptical look. And I don't think I realized it, but I think I kind of like it. <laughs> um, I don't like all Eggo. Mm. I think I like Ego of all the girls in Princeton, except for the one that's going for the too young concept, the one with the pigtails. Oh. And the one who's, who makes the particularly helpless Ego. But we saw different flavors of Ego throughout this entire thing. Yeah, we did. So, I don't know, man. Like, Princeton, like, hats off, Princeton. You've made me realize that I love Ego. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and La- landmark moment here on K Podcast. <laughs> Peter Lowe has admitted to liking Aegyo. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of funny. Like you know how sometimes like uh, like gay guys who might be in the closet mm-hmm. are really like super sensitive about their homosexuality. They're like, oh, I'm not gay. I'm like really manulent <laughs> testosterone, like whatever. And then they sort of like co- over co- overly compensate for mm-hmm. it. Maybe I was doing that with Aegyo. Ah, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you think of their outfits, Supermatic? I mean, we have like three major uh, sort of like sub-concepts. Yeah. Right, with this group? Well, I mean, they had two different outfits where they were all like kind of uniform together. And then, yeah. and then of course, there were... The and those scenes. two uniform together were the sort of street, or I put in air quotes, street, yeah. <laughs> street concepts where they all had the short skirt, mm-hmm. a little edgy or something that they wear not to school <laughs> yeah and then they also had the school uniforms because it's k-pop yeah. and this is a debut group mm-hmm. and then they each had their own very unique concept yeah right? so they each had the one where they i think really tried to show that stereotype or that click mm-hmm. from high school in each of the girls and that's where they tried to build out that individual brand for each of the members yeah uh, to their credit yeah yeah I, I feel like they did a pretty good job there i mean the funny thing for me is that as i was watching this mv i mean i checked it out for the first time uh little over the weekend or whenever it was that it dropped yeah and then i started watching it more when you and i agreed that this is the one we were going to take a look at and each time that i was watching it there would be moments where i forgot that there were 10 girls but at the same time it was it was because i was like huh i'm getting different concepts here like there are times where it's not just all the same (laughs) yeah and again we've said this with other groups but even in the times when they are supposedly all uniform Mm -hmm. right like with the school outfit there are variations on that outfit. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's not all exactly the same, but mm-hmm. it's all... Well, they're all wearing the you know, the school colors, <laughs> the school plaid, whatever. Yeah. But they stylize it, accessorize it in a different way mm-hmm. for each member. On that note, I do have to shout out particularly that uh, with Nayong, who's the, the leader of the group, she was the one who portrayed the kind of, I guess, like the nerdy girl because she was the one with yeah. the glasses who was That's in right. the bathroom. Yep. And... Uh, it was it was funny for me to see her like that because I've been following her along with the other members of IOI since Produce 101 because yeah. like, I've watched that show 
all the way until now, and I followed each of the 11 different girls. And then for Nyong, who's known, her nickname is Stoneface, and she's known for being more on like the serious side. Like She seems to not really favor or even like the whole Aegyo cutesy concept, and then yet to see her being very into the character in this one and yeah. embracing it and i i was reading the comments too online and a lot of the comments on the youtube video particularly they were like oh my god nayang with that unexpected egg yo that's her charm yeah but what uh, <laughs> to her credit right she was mm-hmm. able to turn on like a switch yeah. she was able to go from stoic mm-hmm. you know intellectual cold <laughs> and go like yeah <laughs> happy so that was great from her what do you think of the dance? The dance uh, is probably my favorite part of like this whole package. Because, oh, really? Yes, because like I noticed parts of it, of course, throughout the MV, but we're not going to see all of it, obviously, because uh-huh. in the music video, they have other parts they got to give us as fans and viewers, like the aesthetically pleasing sets. You got to give those moments where the girls are just acting in their scenes. But yeah. I did check out some of the lies, and then not too long ago, they actually uploaded their dance practice version of this song, mm-hmm. and... Watching that dance practice, I was like, wow, this dance is really fun to watch. Like, I can only imagine how much fun it is for the girls to do. But as a viewer, it's, I don't know, it's just, I, I keep going back to it because me being a dancer myself, of course, yeah. like, I know how hard it is sometimes to do group formations and, like, keep things together tightly, but at the same time still executing the movements well. Sure. And this dance doesn't seem all that particularly difficult in terms of technicality, but the way the girls move together and the way they do their formations and especially the moments where they highlight uh, one particular member, yes. yeah. they have so many different well-done moments where nine of the girls would go down and the one girl stays up or some kind of variation on that and you can tell who the one girl is that's being highlighted and they get their time to shine and it was just so yeah well done so credits to whoever it was that choreographed this dance <laughs> yeah i i thought it was really interesting because the first time i saw you know the different girls doing their one highlighted section that's you know different from the rest of the group i thought mm-hmm. like oh did she make a mistake <laughs> but then you know because it, it's so dramatically different like all the other girls like i'll bring their arms up for this and then she does a slightly different move mm-hmm. to bring it up because that's her spotlight moment yeah and that was i thought a, a pretty nice touch and not to say that you don't see that in other k-pop groups but just the way i don't know though they kind of weaved it in it's sort of like the uh the platform was the same platform for all the other members and then mm-hmm. it like weaves into something slightly different for the member that is getting that one spotlight for that one moment yeah i also like the uh what is it called where they like wave their leg around and then they do another kick Oh, not sure what the what the movie's called. But Whatever I know what you're it talking was, about. yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, it went with the song. I, I mm-hmm. thought it thematically went with the song. There's great moments. I mean, I know there's one in particular. I believe the member's name is Yuha. I mean, outside of Kyo Kyung and Nayoung, I'm still trying to familiarize myself with the rest of the Pristine oh, girls. Than I am, but <laughs> but yeah. there's one moment in the choreography. I think somewhere in the middle, maybe during the second verse, where the girls all get together and they do like three formations and they all do hair whips. And at the end of the third hair whip, U-Haul is like revealed. So I thought that was like pretty cool. Mm. So just moments like that where all the other members do something to like reveal or like show the, the last member doing something different and giving her the time to shine. It's just for someone who dances as well and can appreciate something like that coming together, just major props. Yeah. So what do you think of the film composition? Like when I was watching it in terms of like the colors that we see persistently throughout it. I was like, is this another DigiPetty <laughs> like music video? I mean, to their credit, DigiPetty's, you know, uh music video productions credit. Like mm-hmm. they have a very 
cool flavor and style that heavily influences other K-pop. Oh, yeah, they do. And I kind of felt like I was getting the DigiPetty vibe here in terms of the film. Uh, The color and lighting balance. I can see that. Mm -hmm. What did you think they were trying to say with the concept in the music video? That was hard for me to decipher at first because, of course, when I was watching this the first few times, I had the brilliance to forget about that little clever button on YouTube called Close Captioning, which I did not turn on. Uh. So here I was just watching the music video, trying to enjoy the visuals and trying to decipher the story just from what I was watching alone. But then when I turned the Close Captioning on and I actually saw what the lyrics or the rough translation of the lyrics comes out to, it seems like it's one of your... Not necessarily so typical, like, girl-crushing songs, but Mm. it seems to be talking about how if you just get this, like, crushing feeling on a person, or I guess from the girl's perspective, when they develop a crush on a guy, like, so so huge it just like makes their heart almost want to burst to the point where it's like oh call an ambulance i'm about to faint or something like does your heart go yeah yes Uh, exactly as the song suggests i mean there's moments throughout the song where they shout out like you know the the agio sounds that you touched on earlier and then of course the song is called which is i guess was supposed to emulate the the siren of an ambulance yes so yeah and then they also go boop boo yeah that's right (laughs) What do you think that was? The heartbeat. Well, that's what I thought first, too. Oh, really? But, you know, and maybe this is just, like, me taking the English interpretation of the lyrics, right? Because there, there's probably something that we're losing here in the English or English-Korean translation mm-hmm. of the song. But I kind of took it to mean, like, my boo. Oh, good point. Good like, point. for you, boop, boo. <laughs> and, like, that's you know, right, it's like right. you're poking your crush going, mm-hmm. boop, boo. Yeah. So that, okay. that's kind of what I what I took that sound to mean. Good point. Uh, yeah, I think overall it's this alarming. There you go. That's the word of crushing on someone <laughs> mm-hmm. and secretly praying that he or she will notice you, senpai. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So it's I, I, that's where they have that section mm-hmm. of the bridge, right? Where they have each of the girls with their mystical objects, right? Yeah. To sort of be like, okay. Have you ever seen, like, Hey Arnold growing up? Yes. 90s kid here? <laughs> uh, Helga, right? Yes. Like, Move it, football head! But then secretly when she goes to her room and now she's got this whole Arnold shrine. Yeah, so she's <laughs> crushing on her crush, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, she wishes, like, oh, I wish, you know, you would feel the same way with me or that you would also line up with all these other boys who are, you know, waiting for my affection exactly. if you read the lyrics of the yeah. song. <laughs> so, man, Helga, the original Sundere. Right? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, sundere is this Japanese phrase for mm-hmm. like those who pretend to be like not interested at first, but are really actually interested mm-hmm. in in uh, in the other person. I will say, like, if your crush makes you makes your heart go uh, wee wee <laughs> or cause these feelings of explosions, mm-hmm. you should go to an emergency room. <laughs> Because that is not how the human heart is supposed to sound or feel. You know, we, we see a few of those other feelings of like what it is to be like a crush with someone, right? Like we mm-hmm. see the, uh, was it the girl who says like uh, Alice in Wonderland on her apron? Oh, yeah. Right. It's this feeling like, oh, I'm going to take this leap of faith to mm-hmm. acknowledge that this is how I actually really feel about this person. It kind of reminds me of Red Velvet's uh, Rookie Rookie, oh. Nookie Nookie, Nookie Nookie. <laughs> and that song was also a very similar sort of like announcement or realization that you feel like you actually have these feelings of crushing mm-hmm. or lusting or liking someone. <laughs> That's yeah. what I sort of took away from uh, Red Velvet's Looky Looky. 
overall, Matt, would you mm-hmm. say that this is a good way to debut a group as Priston did? Well, it definitely wasn't bad. I mean, I, I can see what they were aiming for, and it seems like so far they are doing a good job. I can't really think of anything that uh, really stands out for me in terms of what I would change. Yeah. Like, I, I think this is a pretty solid debut so far. I mean, the the song's definitely enjoyable for what it is, and again, as we've touched on, the way that they gave each of the 10 girls, and again, as you said, 10 girls is a lot of girls, yeah. but the yeah. way that each of them got their moments to shine, and they have that opportunity to carve themselves out, so for the fans out there, if you're trying to find a member that you want to latch onto as your favorite, then there's definitely opportunities where each of the 10 girls makes their case for that, so good job with that and again especially for me like i this is probably just my dancer <laughs> by speaking but the dance itself and the choreography and the way that it looks visually when you watch it it's just overall it's a really really good package so i'd say this was a good debut yeah i i definitely agree mm-hmm. i feel like they aren't getting <laughs> this is such a typical like fan response but it's like they're not getting the attention they deserve <laughs> Like, come on, more people need to, like, watch this and pay attention to it. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I think they are hyped appropriately, quite honestly, coming mm-hmm. out as a debut group. I think they are just a little shy mm. of the TWICE level ah, okay. of debut. And TWICE, as we've said before, do mm-hmm. a very good job and creating that brand for each individual member. Yeah, that's right. And they definitely made that effort, Mm -hmm. right, with Priston, but not to the same production level or brand or unique identity that you had with Twice. Yeah. So I think that's where they kind of fell short. And how would they do that? I don't know, man. (laughs) Just throw more money at it. Like, (laughs) that's that's a really tall order. Not everyone has the resources to do that. Yeah. Especially with Pledis and with After School, kind of, sort of, maybe out of the picture now. (laughs) We'll see. But uh, that's where I felt like it was just a little short. And uh, the concept overall, I felt like, was just a little convoluted. Mm. Just a little. Yeah, I, I could see where you're coming from. I'm inclined to agree with that because, again, I mean, as you said, it especially for uh, my point of view too, is like how we've talked about it so much, so many times before with Aegyo being as commoditized as it is in K-pop and especially when it comes to girl groups that are debuting, yeah. it seems like that's the go-to concept. And it does work pretty much most of the time, so I don't blame Pledis for going with this yeah. with Pristin Girls. Yeah. But... To Pledis's credit, mm-hmm. they could have rested on their laurels a bit with the fact that they had Nayong and uh, Kyokung in the group because those oh, sure. two alone with their fan bases carrying over from Protus 101 and IOI, you could have just rested on the laurels of that and written that, but you think instead, so? I, I feel like because Na- Nayong and Kyokung were pretty popular especially like w- within the 11 members of ioi do you think that that's the reason why it's getting the view count that it is right now at least among the international fans well i mean that could be part of it but the other thing too is i believe Pledis is also the label that 17 is on right uh yeah yeah right. so and i do remember seeing a lot of the 17 fan base all coming rallying together being like well we have our boy group now here in 17 let's support their sister group and let's have let's help these girls be successful so Uh it's pretty nice to see those fans trying to do the same thing for their favorite group's label mates so that could also be helping yeah and again what i was going to say is that to pledis's credit good job to them to making sure that they didn't just focus solely 
focus solely um, the, on Naeyoung and Kyokung. They made sure that they highlighted all 10 girls equally. So yeah. good job for that. Otherwise, we'd have another Hyena <laughs> in our backup dancers <laughs> yep, group. Exactly. So no hating on Hyena. I love Hyena. Mm-hmm. She probably deserved all that attention <laughs> that she got from out of four minute. But that's how you avoid that, that sort of dilemma. Exactly. For the audio. Mm-hmm. How would you rate it? First time listeners, first time watchers, whatever. One is the lowest on scale, five being the highest. Mm-hmm. And we're just looking at the song alone. So audio wise for me, I mean, it's a, definitely an enjoyable song. It grew yeah. on me the more and more I listened to it. And the funny thing is that you mentioned earlier how most listeners would feel like it's too busy. There's yeah. too much going on. Yeah, but yeah. And, and, or maybe too many effects yes. on the voices and whatnot. But then the more I listened to it and the more I took kind of more of a what little musical production perspective I, I d- could to it, I appreciated what they did and what they were going for and how the sounds blended together. And plus, like, the different parts of the songs vocally that just stay stuck in your head. I mean, I'm a sucker for catchy songs, as has been long established here on the K-pop cast. Yeah. You know, just those different moments of like oh you're my superhero and then like is this a just... song for noribong <laughs> it could be yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh i don't know if it's necessarily like one of the best songs ever i mean mm-hmm. i i am cutting them a little bit aside because it's a debut song and especially these days with how popular and huge k-pop has become it's hard to have a really really great debut yeah this one was really solid i felt like and especially with the way that Plutus marketed it just audio alone, I gave this a solid 3.5 because it's an enjoyable song. It's catchy enough where I will enjoy it, but I don't know if it'll be an immediate go-to for me if I'm going to pull up K-pop songs to listen to. Oh. It is that immediate go-to song oh, for really? K-pop songs for me. So <laughs> uh, I gave it a 3.9. and Ooh. I So I like it a lot. Not mm-hmm. quite that four, but still pretty good. I'm trying to remember whatever score it gave Gugudan, but I feel like it's just at the same level. And not that Gugudan and Pristin are doing the same thing, not that they complete, complete, compete completely, <laughs> but I kind of feel the same way in terms of how much I like each mm. for both these songs. And Pristin, again, I maybe if it's the one thing that I really like, it's that groovy bass. Mm-hmm. And it is the effects on their voices, the ah. <laughs> And the uh, and the Aegyo sounds they make, and that's, this is coming from a guy who allegedly hates Aegyo. <laughs> so right, Good they point. they delivered. It's it's a song that I I have been playing embarrassingly loud in my car <laughs> when I drive down 101, and, and then people are like, "What is that guy listening to?" I'm like, "Oh, nothing, nothing." So that's when you flip the radio to right. something like a uh, top forty or hip hop. Oh, yeah, KML hip hop. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do you think of the concept, Supermatic? The concept, if you want to break it down for our first-time listeners. Yeah, so again, we use the 1 to 5 scale, 1 being the lowest and 5 being the highest. And concept is where we take into account the music video and everything within that video in terms of the visuals, how aesthetically pleasing it is, the styling, which yeah. refers to the outfits and the way the members look, as well as what the story was, what they were going for. And again, like uh, when it comes to groups, like each... Uh, concept or idea that or role and character that yeah. each member is given. Yeah. So looking at that, I I guess I'll go ahead and go dive into it, it first. Yeah. So the concept for me again, as we touched upon earlier, it even though it's not entirely in that same hole or that 
same like handful of what it is for the go-to agio schoolgirl concept because again they did a good job of <laughs> you raised an interesting interesting question is there a standard for the go-to <laughs> or maybe there is schoolgirl concept yeah. but it falls in line with that but at the same time too i feel like they did a good enough job of defining each of the 10 girls roles uh-huh. and the way that the music video just seems like a lot of fun and of course the dance too so i'll admit that watching the dance practice helped bump up the concept score for me a little bit because this is a fun dance to watch when you see these girls perform the song on stage i gave the concept overall so really solid 3.75 okay i give this just a tiny bit higher for me it's a, mm. also a 3.9 ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good guys 3.9 and 3.9 I, I mean it's just shy of being like you know borderline best of the year category <laughs> for me maybe this is my breakout moment and mm. that, that's how i'm gonna remember this song for acknowledging confessing that i love Ayo. <laughs> I, I just love how goofy and funny it is how each girl is given a very unique concept at least for Ayo, mm. as far as Ayo goes and they did a great job balancing the 10 girls i am always going to like end videos with that same like open mouth smile ah uh, yeah <laughs> like what they did yeah the yeah, especially with a uh, kill kung at the end. <laughs> Overall, is it Daybok or not? <laughs> what do you think, Supermatic? Uh, it's Daybok. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I I may not exactly be speaking super highly of them, but uh, again, they did a really good job, and I'm enjoying this song and concept so far. Solid debut, so definitely Daybok. Yeah, and Daybok for me. Okay, so um, any lessons learned from from this uh, debut that that other fan? other k-pop that other k-pop debut groups should learn from this uh well i mean one you already touched upon it with that open mouth smile and then two as well what you referenced earlier if you find yourself crushing so hard on someone that you find your heart about to explode out of your chest go to the emergency room <laughs> yeah i guess i just want to impress mm-hmm. underscore again give each girl their brand oh yeah in your definitely debut group what is boo boo burgers oh pff, i don't know if you guys know, let us know. I'm I'm really curious what boo boo burgers are. Mm-hmm. Is that a symbol for something for your boo? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well that's it for this episode of the K-pop Cast. Yep. I'm again DJ Pulo. Where can people find us? Supermatic. Oh, well, you can definitely find us online on Twitter, especially with our hashtag, which is the K-pop Cast. K P O P C A S T. And then for my social media handles, you can find me on Twitter as well. I'm at Supermatic, which is S-O-U-P-E-R-M-A-T-I-C. And if you're interested enough to check out my dance videos, same thing for the YouTube channel. (laughs) You're uploading dance videos? Yes. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Um, and I am DJ Peter Lowe. I, I don't have dance videos, but I actually have some really old ballroom dance videos, but let's not promote those. So I'm at DJ Peter Lowe. Yes. DJ P-E-T-E-R-L-O. And uh, yeah, I, I guess I have some videos of like K-pop or mm-hmm. DJ sets, so maybe I'll put those up. Yeah. But we have a YouTube also where I'm probably oh, going right. to be putting this video up as an experiment. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> we'll probably get some hate for this production <laughs> value thing. Okay, well, I think that's it. 